Before we dive in, just a quick note that this conversation is made possible by the smart, passionate, and creative folks at TargetX. TargetX is a higher education software company on a mission to transform the way colleges and universities support their prospects, students, and alumni. Each day, the team works harder to become the market's premier solutions for student lifecycle management, from inquiry all the way through graduation and beyond. Learn more about how TargetX is helping schools increase retention rates by downloading their new ebook at www.targetx.com forward slash enrollify. Again, that's targetx.com slash enrollify. Hello and welcome to the Enrollify podcast. Each week, the Enrollify podcast equips you with insights into how the latest trends in marketing and technology are impacting today's enrollment marketers. Every episode is designed to inspire new, creative ideas for how to optimize the resources you have to generate the results that you need. My name is Zach Buzicruz, and I am the host of today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Enrollify podcast. My name is Zach Buzicruz and I am the host of today's episode. And today I have the privilege of chatting with Aaron Fields, who is a graduate assistant at the Office of Graduate Admissions and Recruitment at West Virginia University. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me today. Well, Aaron, I'm very, very excited about our conversation. And I, for those of you know, for our listeners as well, what I, I left out a key detail, which is that uh, in case it wasn't obvious enough by her title as grad assistant, Erin is also currently a graduate student at WV. And we're going to talk about that um, throughout our, our conversation today. But Erin, I'd love for you to just get started by giving us a quick Cliff's Notes overview of who you are, what you studied in undergrad, and what master's degree you're currently pursuing. Doing. Yeah, so uh, hey everyone again, like Zach said, my name is Aaron Fields, and I graduated with my Bachelor of Arts in Advertising from Marshall University last May, and now I am pursuing my Master's of Science in Integrated Marketing Communications, we'll just say IMC for short because that gets to be a mouthful, <laughs> at West Virginia University. Uh, and I work as a graduate assistant in our Office of Graduate Admissions and Recruitment, and we'll call that OGAR for short, too. Love it. And I help with a portion of the marketing efforts regarding social media management, website development and maintenance, and recruitment events, upon many other different things. I kind of wear a lot of different hats in our office, whatever we need. Um, and we have a graduate population of just under 6,000 students on both our Morgantown campus and online, which is the largest in the state of West Virginia. I guess a few fun facts about me is that my hometown is in Hancock County, West Virginia, and our county is known for having the world's largest teapot. And yes, we are super, super the, proud. The world's largest teapot. The world largest teapot fascinating so do people come like from all over to to have a look at it yeah can, can you like actually teapot. can you actually boil water in it no oh, bummer no, bummer no they we have teapot day every august i believe and people come and they take pictures with it and all that of course i've lived there my whole life so at this point i'm like Oh, cool, like teapot. Yeah, big other whoop. People, <laughs> other people get really excited about it. So Well, that is That's fascinating. Thank you. Uh thank you for sharing that uh that fun fact. Any other fun <laughs> facts you want to share with us? Uh well, 
I guess another weird one would be that one of my life goals is to get a rainbow of matching colored cardigans and loafers. And as of right now, I'm rocking a pink cardigan with pink loafers. So I love it. Aaron, you're quite the character. This is this oh, is awesome. Aaron, I really want to talk about two kind of core things today. And the first is I really want to dive into a Get to, to, to really asking you a plethora of questions around your decision and your journey to grad school. A lot of the people listening to this podcast are folks that are working as enrollment marketers, whether that be on the admission side of the house or the marketing side of the house, but more or less, these are folks who are responsible in some capacity for the attraction and ultimately, you know, uh, engagement and enrollment of graduate students like yourself. Um, and so I, I really am um, excited to talk to you about just kind of your journey to grad school, what uh, enabled you to uh, make this decision to choose WVU for grad school ultimately. Um, and then the second part of our conversation, I really want to understand as you've been working at, at OGAR for the past um, you know, uh, year or so, what has it been like to um, you know, be on the admission side of things? And, and has your experience of journeying to graduate school yourself enabled you to better equip um, prospective students who are considering WVU's grad programs with the information and resources they need to make their own decision. So I want to get started here by just having you share about your own journey to grad school. Were you always sure you wanted to go to grad school? And I'm particularly interested in um, the reason behind why you decided to go to grad school immediately after graduating um, with your bachelor's. Yeah, so I don't think I can pinpoint a certain age or a time that I knew I wanted to pursue my graduate education, and this might be a weird analogy, but I think it works. My friend and I were just talking the other day how neither of us could really remember the first conversation that we had with each other when we first met. We just kind of sort of remembered becoming friends somehow, and I like to think that in the same way, that in the same way regarding my graduate education, I can't really remember when I started seriously thinking about pursuing my graduate education, but I sort of just remember knowing that I've wanted to advance my education past my bachelor's degree for a while. And I think that the question about whether to pursue a graduate degree is like when to pursue it is different for every student. And I mean, both paths are valid and they have their own respective advantages and disadvantages. However, regardless, I can't stress enough no matter what decision you make, how important it is to have clear career goals and realistic expectations of what you want to set out to achieve. And I'm not saying that you have to have these things set in stone, but without them initially, as a graduate student, you're going to have a hard time launching into graduate studies and succeeding in your research from the get-go. For me, I knew my goals from the start and where I wanted to see myself in five or 10 years, and that required pursuing my graduate degree straight out of undergrad in order to get my foot in the door in higher education. But particularly for students who are pursuing degrees in research, research-driven and research-based graduate programs, I would argue to say that going straight from undergraduate studies to graduate studies is becoming more and more common. And I say that because I've seen a trend of undergraduate students forming relationships with faculty members through their research and then continuing with that same faculty member and research throughout their graduate schooling as well at the same university. Fascinating. So if I if I can summarize what I think you're you're saying here is that when deciding to go to grad school, especially if you're considering going to graduate 
school immediately after undergraduate school, um, it's incredibly important that you have a clear path that you've defi- you, you've at least determined. Okay, here here's what my I am intending over the next five years, and here's why I need to go to grad school now instead of later. Because in order to get where I want to be in five years, that requires graduate education. So is it, is it fair to say then that you know from your perspective, maybe even just from conversations that you've had with colleagues and peers, that most of the people that are in the in your program or in in similar programs are folks with pretty clear uh career trajectories over the next few years yeah i would say so i think it's interesting in my program because in my classes i've found that there are a wide variety of students like there are some people who are my age and they've come out of undergraduate and going straight to grad but also there are experienced professionals in my classes and it's really cool in my program we get to like bounce off each other and I get to learn some ideas that maybe I wouldn't have thought of from people who are already in their career if that makes sense absolutely absolutely I'm curious talk to us a little bit about you so you know you say you can't pinpoint exactly when you decided I'm gonna go to grad school but you did very recently decide to go to graduate school. I'm curious, in in terms of your actual application process, the research process, how did you go about determining which programs you would apply to? What did that kind of information gathering process look like for you? And then what programs um, did you ultimately decide? And, you know, if you don't feel comfortable sharing the actual name of the programs, just give me a quantity of programs that you ultimately ended up deciding to apply to. When I was initially looking for a graduate program, there were a lot of factors that I was taking into consideration. And I mean, anything regarding graduate school is a pretty big and important decision in someone's life. So a few things that are important to me personally that I kept in mind would be, you know, like the strength of academics. What is the institution's accreditations and classifications? For example, you know, WVU is an R1 classified institution and brought in an impressive amount of dollars and research funding. And that the, the exciting part that I can see that funding being used not only to benefit the Morgantown area, but also the state of West Virginia and the entire United States. And I think it's it's really exciting in my job and my position specifically because I give the graduate presentation on Monday afternoons and I'm able to show these prospective graduate students how um, our students at WVU here are making huge strides uh, to make the world a better place every single day. Like, for example, um, there are two doctoral students that come to my mind right off the bat. And the first is studying biochemistry and molecular biology. And she was awarded a grant for her research regarding an enzyme that might be considered for future treatments of diabetes. And then the second is studying neuroscience. And he was awarded a grant for his research that explores a protein that that relates to uh, neuroscience and dysfunction in Alzheimer's disease. So the fact that that kind of stuff is going on at WVU shows that our academics and our research are thriving and they're really making a difference. The second thing is obviously, you know, financial costs, what opportunities are there for graduate assistantships, fellowships, and scholarships, and not only that, but what other forms of financial aid are available to me. The third would be admission requirements, you know, is the GRE required? What does my GPA need to be? Do I need to submit any other supplemental materials for my application? Um, One I thought of that I feel like not a lot of people 
take into account or research beforehand is the course offerings that I'm going to get in that program. You know, are these course offerings going to help me meet my professional and my educational career goals in the long run? Um, of course, employment rate is super important when you are looking for a graduate program. You know, what, where are the graduates of the school and the program working and how much are they earning? The facilities, is this a place that I can put my best foot forward in my graduate studies? What is the institution doing to help me succeed? Consider these things, you know, such as libraries, computer labs, and research labs and facilities and all that. Of course, the location, will studying there help me achieve my personal or professional goals? And of course, what is the student life like? So those are a few things that I took in consideration whenever um, I was looking for a graduate program. And really, I only applied to two graduate programs. I inquired more, though, which I'll get into later. But, um, of course, one being the program that I'm in now, obviously, <laughs> and the other being the um, Master of Arts in Public Relations and Advertising at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh. And, you know, like I said, I did my undergrad at Marshall, and I really loved being there, and I had a great experience there, but it was four hours from home. So I kind of wanted to be closer for my graduate education. And I really wanted to be able to enjoy the advantages of building my own life here and living on my own here in graduate school while still getting to travel home on the weekends or breaks or holidays to easily visit with my family and continuing to make memories with them because I'm very close with my family and family is something that I truly value. Um, but like I said, I inquired about a lot more schools like Syracuse University, the University of Florida, the University of Pittsburgh, and the University of Mississippi, just to name a few. But I just applied, like I said, the two because at that point in the application process, um, I was really interested in a completely online program because I love the flexibility of those programs. And additionally, I also really wanted to go to an institution that had a marketing, advertising, or a PR-specific graduate program. And for that reason, I didn't really want to pursue an MBA. I wanted to look at something more specific. So. Wow, that was amazing. Lots, <laughs> lots of content there. Fantastic. Sorry, no, 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 no. I, I, the insight <laughs> and the detail, I, I, I crave this insight and detail when I'm uh, interviewing folks. So this is fantastic. I actually want to dive into two quick things, kind of circle back to two quick things that, uh, that you shared. First and foremost, I'm fascinated, Aaron, by the idea that even though you're pursuing a, uh, a master's degree in integrated marketing and communications, one of the big draws to WVU was its R1 status. And, you know, while there are certainly, uh, uh, you know, data analytics and, and, and research involved and market research involved in the context of a graduate marketing program, um, you know, it's it's more, more aligned with kind of the communications and business side of things than it does in traditional research. And so I, I'm really, really uh, struck by the, the, the prestige of the R1 status of the institution being something that attracted you, even though you weren't pursuing a research intensive program. That's really, really interesting. Do you think that that is something that other folks are attracted to even, you know, anecdotally, as you've, have you, as you've talked to people in your programs or people in uh, non-traditionally research intensive programs, do you think that the fact, the very, the very fact that they're at an institution where, as you referred to, there, there are these incredible problems being wrestled with and, and challenged and solved, is that in and of itself, um, uh, a motivation to to pursue education there, even if you're pursuing an education that is not research intensive. Yeah, I mean, I I think so because 
you know, before working in enrollment management and in the position that I am now, you know, you kind of vaguely hear what R1 is, but now that I truly understand what that is and what that means, it's just so awesome to be a part of a university that values that kind of thing. And it just really adds to the um, credibility of the, of the university and what you're doing with your degree. So, and I'm really excited that I get to share that with prospective graduate students because like me, they might not know the exact definition, what that kind of means for them, um, what that means for their peers, that kind of thing. Absolutely. I, and the second thing I want to circle back on is uh, after you inquired to these institutions, I think it was about five or six, you said, in total, um, talk to us a little bit about what the post-inquiry experience was like. In other words, were you did you receive an uh, incredible number of emails post-completing that form? Were, were you called by anyone? What did the, Was there anything in particular that stood out either positively or negatively about that post-inquiry experience? Um in, in, in your context? Um, so yeah, the recruitment specialist at the time, and sadly she's not there anymore. She moved away and got a, another job, but she was absolutely passionate about her job. And this is, sorry, this is the, this is the recruitment specialist at, uh, the IMC program. Yeah. yeah Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, I great. Clarified that. My bad. Um, but she was just, was like super passionate about her job and genuinely wanted to help each individual student. And as a prospective student, then when I'm going through the application process and the inquiry process and all that, that might, that means so much in a step of your life that at the time kind of feels sort of daunting or confusing because you don't, you don't, you know, you've never been to grad school before. You don't really know what, what's up and all that kind of stuff. So building those types of connections was extremely, you know, rewarding on both sides of the spectrum. And I think, and I think that is the best positive thing through my whole application process of going through grad school is just the fact that I was able to build those connections and not only on my end, but they wanted to build that connection with me. And that just really personally made WVU stand out to me through all of the searching process for grad school. What was, was there anything notable about, and that's fantastic insight. Thank you for, for sharing that. And I, I couldn't agree more that uh, having an incredible uh, recruitment specialist, having somebody that is going to walk you through your various, essentially your discernment process on if when I'm ready, where to go to graduate school is incredibly important. And um, just a quick plug that I, I do think that universities should spend more time, especially in enrollment management offices, should spend more time and more resources equipping those people who are on the front lines with the, the professional development and the software, the insights that they need to be successful at their job. Because in many contexts, that that's the first uh, introduction to your brand that a prospect is going to have. So quick plug for all you people on the front lines that are talking to students and kind of the, the those folks that are responding to those general inquiry emails. You guys are awesome. Keep up the great work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I'm curious about uh, going back to you, the other inquiry, uh, the other schools that you inquired about. What Was there anything notable about the post-inquiry experience um, that was, again, either positive or negative, and I guess to flesh that out a little bit more, what I'm trying to get at is why didn't you end up pursuing uh, an application at those institutions? Was it purely because you decided you wanted to go fully online, or were there other factors involved in how those institutions handled the kind of post-inquiry experience that either positively or, or, or negatively affected you? Um, so 
Yeah, so, I mean, the fact that I wanted a completely online program and I came to that decision, um, because it kind of gave me free reigns, like, hey, if I go out and I can get a full-time job, I can still complete grad school, but hey, if I get a GA position, it's kind of, I'm kind of in the same boat, like, I'm going to be pursuing graduate school, and I'm not saying that on-campus programs can limit students like that, but for me personally, I just felt that an online program kind of gave me, I could go either route there coming out of undergrad straight from there. And um, so, I mean, yeah, I just feel like the fact of an online program, I knew I wanted to go to that. And just the fact of a lot of, you know, costs of graduate school, you know, like that's a big investment. And so for the price that I was getting at, um, Point Park because that's kind of a hybrid program at the time. Okay. The price that I was getting with WVU and Point Park were more affordable and more justifiable to me than the other out-of-state tuition universities. And talk to me about your final decision process. Why did you ultimately choose the IMC program over the Point Park program? So I, the first semester that I was in the IMC program, which was last fall, Um, they rolled out a new area of emphasis and um, being able to pursue my degree in IMC with an emphasis in higher education was something that I'd never really heard of another college offering or doing. So in addition to the higher education emphasis, there are six other areas of emphasis that the IMC program has. And those are creative strategy, data marketing communications, digital and social media healthcare communication management and public relations leadership. I think I got those all. Um, And these areas of emphasis, you know, they offer industry demanded academic focuses that help broaden, you know, my knowledge and becoming more competitive in the job market by giving me the opportunity to develop a specific area of expertise, like in higher education. But apart from IMC itself, I think WVU as a whole sold me just as hard because the WVU community is united by, you know, one mission. And um, I pulled this from our website just because I think it really encompasses what WVU is all about. And it's that we are committed to creating a diverse and inclusive culture that advances education, healthcare prosperity for all by providing access and opportunity by advancing high impact research and by leading transformation in West Virginia and the world through local state and global engagement. So when I came to WU, my intentions for my career from that moment was to stay here and give back because I value education and I genuinely want to help our students in this state, the state that I grew up of, grew up in. I wanted to give back to that state and our graduate students here at WVU are admitted for their talent and their willingness and their commitment to their respective fields on study because WV realizes that the students we admit today in our graduate programs are the researchers, the innovators, the mentors, the instructors of tomorrow. And I just, I just really appreciate how much that they value graduate education here. We'll jump right back into the conversation after a quick message from this episode's sponsor. In higher ed, we talk a lot about the massive disruption happening in terms of how prospective students research, evaluate, and ultimately buy education today. We talk less about the disruption happening on the retention side of things, though. Here's the reality. Dozens of software companies over the last decade have claimed to be the solution to our nation's retention problem, and yet we still can't get graduation rates above 60%. 
While I don't believe that software alone can solve this crisis, there is one company that's decided to put student graduation and graduate success at the core of their mission. And that company is TargetX. With TargetX, you are not simply buying software. You are empowering yourself and your team to take advantage of two decades worth of higher ed experience. Their staff is 90% former higher ed employees who are 100% focused on your success. This means that the folks who work on building these tools actually understand the unique nuances and challenges that exist in enrollment management and in student services. In a world increasingly saturated with higher ed software, it's important that you select a provider who will take the time to understand your context and then empower you with solutions to thrive in that context. And TargetX is committed to just that. Learn more about TargetX's solutions for full student lifecycle management at targetx.com or download their latest ebook on student retention at targetx.com forward slash enrollify. Aaron, I think that in two decades from now, uh, we're going to be celebrating your uh, your promotion to uh, president of uh, of WVU. I think uh, 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 Mr. Gordon Gee is going to have to uh, hopefully retire before then, and um, and and pave a way for for you to eventually take uh, take the lead. That was fantastic, and again, hopefully somebody listening to this podcast um, is in the WVU community and can and can pass it around to some influencers. I think that that testimony is worth gold, and well. Very, very, very well said, and um, I feel very uh, impassioned and am ready to start my application. So um, we'll have to talk about that after. Um, <laughs> of course. But uh, I want to. I want to. Uh, before we switch gears, uh, there's are there two kind of qu- final questions I want to ask about your journey and ultimate uh, decision to go to graduate school, and those are really around the public perception of the value of graduate school today. So, right, you see a lot of articles in the the mainstream media about. Um, these kind of skepticism or, uh, for lack of a better term, maybe a little bit less of a negative term, the, the insecurity, the unsurety around the value of a graduate education. I'm curious, in your experience, um, uh, how did you, did that, did that factor, did the, the, the current environment uh, of, of skepticism towards the value of grad school weigh into your decision at all? Um, and then kind of coupled with that, what did your friends and family say about your decision to go to grad school, especially so quickly after undergrad? Yeah, so like you said, I've heard a lot of thoughts, a lot, a lot of thoughts going around here and there about this. And honestly, I see it more on Twitter, people talking to each other about this more than anything regarding the skepticism in higher education. And personally, I've never felt skeptical because education has always been something that I've really highly valued in my own life and um, truly loved. And we always think about the tangible value of higher education, but sometimes we forget the less tangible value, you know, like becoming a more rounded person through um, education and through higher education, students can learn to better understand the world and what is happening around them. And yes, higher education is about academics, but it's also about service and creativity and becoming a well-informed person in society. But, um, you know, there's always going to be some people who will disagree with me on that. And the question we need to ask ourselves is really, how do we understand 
you know, that gap, that skepticism gap between, you know, the people who stand inside education and the people who stand outside of it. You know, we have to understand the gap before we can close that gap. I love it. I love it. Very, very well said. And I think that uh, just one quick follow-up question to that is, what do you think, now having ventured through this process, now in this actual program, I, I assume you're pretty close to completing the program at this point, um, what do you think grad schools need to know about recruiting prospective students in 2020? You know, where where do you think, and you can pull, you know, from your experience working at OGAR you can also pull from your experiences as a student here. Where where are we falling short, and you know what can we do to improve the prospect engagement experience? So I read this article recently on Inside Higher Ed, and I read on there all of the time. So I'm nerd out about these articles, and so I found this super interesting perspective. And I read one that said choosing graduate school is an impulse buy, and at first. I was super confused because I didn't really understand like, okay, obviously you know, grad school takes like a lot of time to plan. And for an earlier question, you know, shouldn't students be doing their research ahead of time and planning this whole graduate school thing out? And yes, yes, they should. Let's make it clear that I'm not describing impulse as deciding to submit an application two days or something before the application deadline at the beginning of August. But, you know, it takes, I read it takes, an average prospective graduate student anywhere from seven to 18 months to make a decision on graduate school. And the demographics for graduate school and graduate students aren't one size fits all. You know, working in graduate education, we can work with a student who is fresh out of undergrad, um, a working mom trying to raise her family, an international student, a middle-aged man who's looking for a career change. The possibilities are endless there. And we would be here all day if we tried to name every sort of student demographic in graduate education, but I think we need to clearly communicate our value across all of our channels. You know, how can we make the decision to enroll easier? Again, wow, your your answers are fantastic. You know, I, I, someone must be paying you on the other side of things. Is I, I wonder if uh, there's there's some board or association out there that is uh, secretly slipping you cash, uh, telling you to <laughs> promote uh, promote the field of gem as a whole. I love it. I love it. Um, for these last couple of questions, I want to switch gears and I want to talk about your role specifically as a GA in the Office of Graduate Admissions and Recruitment at WVU. What friction points have you encountered in the application process that has been surprising to you, uh, again, if any, now being somebody who's responsible for the you know inquiry uh, responses to, to inquiries and helping assist students through the application process? Um, beforehand, before this, this position I'm in now, I really didn't know how the application process worked because I had never worked in admissions. So um, I suppose all of it has kind of surprised me in a way. It has sort of been a learning curve for me, and it is all new information, which is really exciting. You know, it, it's been a lot of fun to get to learn and to get to work with such supportive coworkers. But to really answer your question, um, what I would want to get at is nailing down the purpose of enrollment management and graduate enrollment. I think we need to better look at the student experience and how we can enrich that. You know, like I said earlier, building relationships is truly important in the student experience. And I think that building those connections and those relationships, like I said, is something that 
my institution does extremely well, both at the undergraduate and, you know, the graduate level and building those types of connections, like I said, is really rewarding. And so, you know, I think that students want to seek out that relationship building with the staff and the faculty in higher education and overall just feel connected to what they're choosing to invest in. You know, how can we make ourselves more accessible to our students? Do you do you think that or maybe a better way of phrasing this question is, do you have any ideas for kind of tangible ideas for how to do that? Like, do you think that could look like um, essentially being increasing availability for prospects or having more live stream kind of uh, application Q and A's or interviewing Dr. So-and-so about the values of, you know, program X, Y, or Z, like, do you have any specific ideas that you think have worked well and or could work well at increasing kind of engagement in the application journey? Yeah, I I think what you named are all wonderful ideas. And one that comes specifically to mind, like I said, I give the graduate presentation um, every Monday. And I've come to think that I can think of that opportunity in two different ways. A, I can think of it as another task to check out on my check off on my list, you know, hurry up and get it done and just hope what I'm saying strikes with a prospective student. Or B, I can think of that as an opportunity to really connect and really get to know students on a more in-depth level. And I don't I don't like to think of our students just as another number. I mean, I don't I in today's age, I don't know if anybody likes to think like that. So um I, I want to know where you're from. I want to know what you're interested in and studying. I want to know what questions I can answer. What are your hobbies? You know, even, you know, can we get you a free flying West Virginia cookie for visiting campus today? You know, I don't, I don't want to know a student just on the surface level. I want to get to know them and I want them to feel and know that they're valued here. I think that one of the things that I hear you saying is this idea of how do you help how do you transition? And I think that this is actually really, really hard to do uh, in enrollment management, but especially at the graduate level is how do you transition from thinking of people as numbers to thinking about people as essentially, you know, stakeholders in the future success of your program, um, you know, at, at your institution. And I think one of the one of the ways to maybe change the perception here is to really think about every possible inquiry that you're dealing with. And again, this is really, really hard to do, especially in uh, the context of a, a massive public school like WVU. But if you can start, if you can think about every inquiry, every applicant as potentially a, uh, a, a an investment, right, in the longevity of your program, in the success of your program, I think that that really changes the way in which you have that first conversation. It it changes the way in which you run that webinar. It changes the way in which you think about that, you know, recruitment event or that grad fair. And so I love what you're saying of transitioning, especially at the graduate level from, you know, checking a box or, you know, crossing something off of your to-do list and really thinking about, hey, I, these people that I'm meeting, they, they're real people. They have real lives. They have real relationships. They have real context. And it's my job to understand whether or not their context could thrive in our context. And if their context can thrive in our context, you know, that's going to be incredibly important to, again, the overall success and growth of our program. And that's something that's incredibly exciting. So I love your passion. I love your commitment. And I, I really do think that you and other future leaders 
Sanders and Jem are going to be these change makers, be these disruptors really in how we think about recruitment and how we think about engagement. So power to you. Thank you for your example. Um, and I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Like I said, this is my first professional podcast. My mom is an English teacher and she has a small podcast for her class that she does. So I have special guests on that podcast before, but this is my first big podcast I've been on. So I'm super excited. Well, it's been an honor, Aaron. And I actually have one final, final question for you. And that is if you could give any words of encouragement or any advice to graduate enrollment managers today who are listening to the show and who are thinking about, you know, what is one or two small tangible things that I can do to kind of walk away with with this episode and and be inspired to do to better the uh, prospect and or, you know, applicant student experience? What are some, you know, one, two, maybe three practical things that uh, you would encourage them to do to get started? Yeah, so I've got a good one. And I think society, I know society is pushing towards technology. And so I think from a graduate student perspective, my biggest advice is to remember that grad students are becoming more and more digital first, and that you as enrollment managers, you need to becoming digital first as well. And I read a recent article again on higher inside higher ed, that said 87% of graduate students prefer email as form of their primary communication with a higher education institution during the application and the enrollment process, which I think is super interesting. And I can honestly see that in myself. Like I said, especially if you're a young working professional, I feel like definitely one of the things you are checking daily other than your phone is your email. And the majority of graduate students, you know, they rely on digital research to help help them make a decision. And in fact, those resources have been seen to be twice as influential when compared to, you know, admissions counselors. And, you know, so I guess my questions are, what ways are you looking to incorporate digital media into your marketing strategy? Is that through email? Is that through chatbots, website developments, SEO strategies? I would just um, advise you to look more into that and how you can be more digital first in your strategy. Well, Aaron, thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Glad we got to uh, check off that first professional podcast box for you. And uh, not that this is a professional podcast, but uh, we try, we try. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for your insights. And I think that you've given our listeners lots of really good content to walk away with, to think about. And uh, thank you for sharing your story with us. Thanks for having me, Zach. If you are an enrollment marketer, working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast please reach out directly to me at zach z-a-c-h at enrollify.org we sincerely look forward to working with you to make enrollify the most trusted go-to digital resource for enrollment marketers out there Hey friends, just a final thank you to the TargetX team for making today's episode possible. And a quick reminder to check out TargetX's new ebook on five signs of a healthy student journey by heading on over to targetx.com forward slash enrollify.
My favorite section is on grit and self-efficacy, which starts on page 17. Check it out today.